All right, welcome back everyone to the Model Business Podcast. Today we've got one of my favorite people, Anna Fine. She's one of the top realtors in the Bay Area. Anna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Abbas, for having me. It's a, a big honor. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. So Anna, obviously, you know, you got into business about a year and a half ago into real estate. So you're now a real estate agent and you're doing really, really well, which is why we have you on this podcast. But what I want to talk about is I want to hear about your story. I want to hear about your background. What did you do before real estate? Tell us about you growing up. Um, and so and then, you know, the different careers you've had before getting into real estate. OK, so I'm going to start from the very beginning. I was born in, Ukraine, in eastern Ukraine. Uh, at the age 15, I immigrated to Israel um, by myself with the program that was meant for um, young people, teenagers, and I continued, um, you know, to study high school. I did the whole uh, normal thing that Israeli youth doing. I did. I went to the army. I went to nursing school. I came from a family where half of my family are doctors, and uh, medicine was kind of my path. Um, since I was in a foreign country by myself, I didn't speak language really well, and I didn't have the money for medical school. Nursing was kind of the next best thing. And um, that's how kind of that was my path. Never in my life I was thinking of doing business or being an entrepreneur or anything like that. All I knew is you get education, you get a job and you get a paycheck and you work until you, you know, retire. Right. So that's kind of what was my path. Um, fast forward, I met my husband back in Israel, and uh, the story with real estate starts there, because when we met and we decided that, you know, we got want to share our lives together, and there was time that we knew, okay, we want to get married and we want a place to live together, my husband told me, I'm not renting. He was still living with his parents. I was in a dorm, a uh, student dorm, and he said, rent is a waste of money. I'm not renting. I said, how, where are we going to live? We can buy, you know, the prices in Jerusalem are very high because it's, a, you know, it's also limited space. So demand is very high always. And, but he was very firm on that belief. For him, renting is just putting money in down the drain. Yeah. So I was on a mission to figure out how we can afford to buy a place. And, you know, when you have a wish or a, a question to, I don't know, universe or God, all of a sudden you start getting answers. So mm -hmm. that's what happened to me. All of a sudden I started hearing my coworkers uh, speaking about, oh, there is this program, there's this loan, because I was in, you know, surrounded by young people who were also starting their lives and they were buying and, you know, creating families, having babies. So everybody was kind of on the same page. So I heard about this program and that program and that loan. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we had a solution. We could get multiple different types of loans. And so that's what we did. We basically borrowed money from uncles and aunts and parents. A little by little, we gathered 5% down payment. Wow. And we took 95% loan and we bought our first um, condo apartment or flat, whatever you call it. And um, our parents were terrified. They were looking at us saying, oh, my God, you guys are crazy. You're so young. You don't understand what you're doing. The prices are too high. It's right. going to drop. Sounds familiar, right? Yeah, the price drop. is always too high. Yeah, it's too high. You crazy. How are you going to pay? Oh, my God. But something inside of us, we were so certain in this decision that the payment was really way too high for us. And it was a big stretch. 
but we knew this is the way to go. So we bought a brand new place from the builder. We were still waiting for a year for it to build. And we'll, we, you know, start building our lives. And pretty much our mortgage was the main expense. And we had to deprive ourselves of other things because we were paying the mortgage. But that thing was the smartest and best thing that, you know, we could have done. Because again, fast forward, we won green card lottery was completely unexpected. That's a totally separate story. But then we were facing reality that we in debt, we have barely money to buy tickets, airplane tickets to mm-hmm. come to US, let alone it's a big expense, you know, to do all the documentation. And what year so, was that? It was 2009. 2009, okay. So it was about four years since we bought our place. And we start checking how much was it worth that time. And then we found out it almost doubled. Wow. Almost doubled in price. So the next logical thing for us was to sell. We sold, we paid all our debt, and we still had money left. That is the the power of real estate. And if we didn't do that, you know, where would have been, you know, we, we just were still renting. We had nothing. That's awesome. So this is the, the inspiration. And this is why I became realtor, you know, and then going forward, when we came to us, we had the same idea. We need to buy a house. We need to buy a house. And it was 2009, you know, it was right after the crash. Loans were very tight. We were brand new in the country, no credit record, right? No jobs. Right. Yes, we had some savings, barely enough for the down payment, but that's it. We we needed to live off those savings. But we had the strong will that we want to buy a house. And again, people told us nobody will you give you loan after what happened. Like you're not good, you know, borrowers. Um, but we were like, okay, no, we're gonna make it. So two years later, 2011, I was already working as a nurse. My husband was still figuring out his path. It was a little harder for him. He didn't speak English back then. Um, so we had one paycheck and again, some realtors told me, no, you're not a good candidate. You cannot buy. So we went and found different agent who (laughs) helped us and we bought our house. That's awesome. So back, you know, when I was looking back on this story and I kind of appreciate what real estate done to me and my family, not only we have a house today, we have so much equity in this home that it allowed us to buy uh, investment properties. So we grew our portfolio basically from that one decision that we ma- made back in 2003 right. to buy that flat that everybody told us don't do it. Uh, not to. Yeah. And that's how kind of it rolled and rolled and rolled. And that's the power of, you know, real estate. You just need to understand that it's a long-term game. So when I was working as a nurse and I was working at Stanford in the operating room, I always found myself talking to people about real estate (laughs) my co-workers two nurses two doctors it was just blowing my mind that people that have solid income still renting for years and years and they don't see themselves getting out of it they just think the prices are too high i had one um friend of mine that I remember we, we worked together for seven years every break pretty much lunch break she would be on zillow wow looking at homes and still renting yeah. and waiting for that moment when it will be the perfect the moment. Is right. People just don't take action. And that's, that's, yeah. The- so I felt like, you know, with all that experience that I had and everything that's done for me, I felt really inspired to 
you know, show people there is a way for everyone. If there is a will, there is a way. You just Absolutely. need to really want it. So pandemic did good to me in one regard that it allowed me time when everything kind of shut down uh, and we were not busy at work. It allowed me time to kind of stop and think, where do I see myself, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? And I realized I, by that time, I was so consumed by everything related to real estate. I was constantly on podcasts, on webinars, learning, learning, learning investment side of it that I just felt like, okay, this is it. I want to do it full time. I was so consumed and interested. I was reading Robert Kiyosaki book. I was listening, even some agents in the Bay Area that were hosting, you know, webinars and uh, uh, consultations. I was constantly there. I was just like, you know, absorbing all that information. But I just decided I'm going to do my license. And once I had my license, I knew that's it. I can't stay where I am. And I just literally quit cold turkey. Like I went full in. I left Stanford, very stable, very wow. well-paid job. Uh, everybody again thought I was crazy. Right. <laughs> I quit my job December 2020. That's awesome. And yeah, 2021 January is when I kind of officially became full-time agent. But you've been in, you've been actively selling real estate now for about a year and a half. Now you mentioned something, and you've done very very well, and we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, let's go back to where you said. So you you put money together. You you know you people were afraid, but you decided to go ahead and put that money into a house. Later on, you said that house helped. You know, went up in equity, and then you bought something else. And then from there, when you started building a portfolio, so talk to people about how does buying a house, how did you leverage that single house to buy a portfolio of other houses? And now you've been invested in multifamily as a result of that. So Correct. talk more about that. So that way people understand. So uh, I'll, I used, so again, I had an idea again, right? I wanted to invest and here it comes my husband too. He kind of s- tells me we need to do this, but then I need to figure out how. He's a visionary guy. <laughs> He's a visionary. He's like, we need to start investing in real estate. Like, how? Oh, we don't have the money. He's like, I don't know, but yeah. we need to. <laughs> so, and it, it hasn't like, it wasn't like, okay, tomorrow, like we're starting. It's been a few years that the thought, was kind of circulating and we were discussing we went to Oregon a few years back you know to look at properties there we went different places because we knew um buying investment here in the area was not something that we can do um so that thought kind of was circulating in my mind all the time and I could just couldn't see where can I get the funds to do it and I also back then didn't understand the power of using other people money so Mm. to me taking equity loan and buying something else felt like I'm just increasing my debt. Right. I didn't see the whole picture. I was just so focused. Oh my God, I don't want to take another loan. You know, I was just scared of that. So just that, to break that down real quick for people that might not be in the real estate might not be following as fast. Yeah. So, so you had a house, you built equity because the house went up in value. Yes. You were paying off the loan. And so now you have equity. So what you did is, is you pulled out what's called, I'm guessing a HELOC. Is that what you, you did? Correct. Okay. So you pulled a HELOC. And what that is, is it gives you the ability to borrow against the equity you've already built up in the property. So if Correct. you have half a million in equity and you owe another half a million because your house is worth a million bucks, 
Now you could borrow against that half a million, which you've already paid off slash built up because the market has gone up. And now you have access to that money that otherwise would just be sitting there doing it, nothing. Exactly. And it I, was sitting there. And, you know, when people say, well, my house appreciated in price and people say, so what? Like, what, what is are you doing with it? What do you do with this? And I was like, okay, there is money in that house, but I don't know how to take it out and use it. Right. And the problem that a lot of people, and that what happened back, you know, before that 2008 crash, they were taking that money and spending it on silly things and buying oh, liabilities, buying yeah. things that didn't print, didn't make money, right? They just were wasting it because they thought that equity will just continue to grow nonstop. Right. Um, but so there is a way to use that money smart and to use that money not so smart. So, right. Dumb. <laughs> yeah. So that's so, uh, but HELOC wasn't the first thing that I've, I've done. And I'm going to be totally transparent here because I want people to see beyond the obvious. Right. So the first money that I pulled, I touched the sacred cow, the 401k. Oh, wow. Yeah. Everybody. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because I just kind of had a gut feeling that it's not the best use of my money. It just sits there. The performance wasn't great. Um, and I was thinking, what can I do with that money? I saw that, you know, 8% a year, 12% a year, that's not ideal, right? I knew money can work better. I just right. didn't know how. Right. So I went and did, you know, what to me was bold move. I pulled $100,000 from my 401k, which I'm still paying tax on it because uh, back in 2000, 2020 or 2021, you were allowed to break that. Um, for three years to pay tax of that. Mm, okay. Um, so I, you know, I'm still this year. I'm going to pay the third portion. But after doing simple math and calculating, okay, how much tax I'm going to pay, what the penalty is, and what it can do for me sitting in real estate rather than sitting in that 401k, made sense for me. So I did it. Again, people told me that I was crazy, but I kind of got used to this by now that every time somebody tells me you're I'm crazy, that's when you go in and do it. It's a good thing. Yeah. So we pull that money out and we use that money to buy our first investment property. That money was a down payment for a single home in Austin area. And that was 2021. 21 last year. Yeah. Uh, so that, no, sorry. That house was 2020, 2020. So okay, right so before everything skyrocketed. Right. So that was the best thing ever again because we bought it right on the bottom. And right. it, you know, the equity grew like it appreciated 35% since then. Wow. So so did you end up so yeah, you paid the tax penalty. Was the gain you got from it over the tax penalty you paid? De yes, they're definitely a gain. Just uh -huh. taking that e equity, the appreciation, right? And it's cash flowing from day one. So we're renting it and the rent covers all the expenses and we have something left still. We have about uh, $400 a month uh, plus. Passively, that's awesome. Passively, yes. And we had wonderful tenants. Uh, really, I didn't know how to do it. I've never been a landlord before. And yeah. I was scared, of course. But, you know, there's so many resources and I asked people and I talked to people and I read and I researched and, and we, we're doing it, you know, after all, it's not rocket science. It's a house and there's people and they're renting and you talk to them, you know. Right. <laughs> I love that. So, so, so no, that's awesome. So you pulled 401k, 
and you decided to buy a house and then you later on you went and you did a HELOC to buy a second yes correct exactly okay so I put then the rates were very low as we all remember and again we thought okay the rates are so low that it's basically free money like we could take HELOC for you know 3.25 variable rate back then and we could get a loan for under three percent so it's really cheap money considering the inflation on average is from five to eight percent a year so we did that we took HELOC and we took another mortgage and took an, and bought another house and it's doing the same thing right now that's awesome so, yeah so that's kind of my story and it was scary it was terrifying the whole time you know right but it has to be. If, if you're not if you're not terrified, then you're not growing. And that, that's one exactly. thing I always notice. But that's very interesting. And and by the way, later on, so there's another way where you could pull them. And I know you've done this since because uh, you could do what's called a self-directed 401k, you know, yes. but that you, you could only invest in passive investments in real estate with that, yeah. I mean, like not properties you control. So for your situation, you had to pull it out if you wanted to buy something. Exactly. Back. Uh, but, you know, we know, like I work with a lot of investors who invest in our deals and that's what they do because, you know, they all come to the same conclusion. Like we have our money in the 401k and the IRA. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's barely getting anything. 8%, that's inflation. You know, we're getting yeah, exactly. You're, you're just preserving what you have pretty much. Preserving what you've got. It's like, yeah. that's of that. When you yeah. can go invest in something else that's producing 15, 20% of your yeah. safety, um, right? And obviously there's risk in any investment. If there's no risk, then you're not really investing. Exactly. Uh, so, no, but that's 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 amazing. So you built that. And I, how did you get into multifamily at the end? Because I know you've invested money yes. in family as well. Why did you do that? Uh, well, I met you. <laughs> 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 I kind of heard the concept. Uh, I had a French who told she mentioned it before, but I didn't really clearly understood. Maybe I, back then I wasn't ready, you know, to uh, receive that information. Um then uh, we were one of at the one of our association meetings when you were the guest speaker, and you presented that concept and you talked about it. And after the meeting, one of the agents uh, we kind of were chatting during that meeting um, privately with him and sharing some thoughts. And he told me, "Just give me a call. I'll share you with you my experience." And we uh, got on on a call, and he told me he's been investing in. Uh, storage units and multifamily syndications and he told me how successful and what it's done for him and he introduced me to um, the company that he was investing with and again I was not accredited investor that I thought in my mind then I realized I was I didn't know right. I was just so narrowly looking I don't have a million dollars you know right. I didn't understand how to look at again so I've been growing this whole time and learning pretty much like daily something um, and then I learned that yeah, I can invest my 401k, which became IRA because I left my job. Right. So now that money was an IRA account, again, not performing very, very well. It was already kind of going down a little. And when I, I, um, got in touch with one of the syndicators in the Bay area, um, and I liked her deal. And then she mentioned, well, actually you can do it through IRA account. And I'm yeah. like, really? Oh, fantastic. So when I called my um, asset manager in Chase Bank and I told her that I want to liquidate 100K, oh my God, 
Yeah, <laughs> he wouldn't let me go. No, you cannot do this. You don't know. You don't know. And I'm like, okay, somebody doing telling me I'm crazy. That's a good right. thing, right? right, we're, right. <laughs> we established that already. <laughs> no, that's awesome. See, and, and a lot of people don't realize this that you know you could actually invest your your uh, retirement account funds into it. Exactly. You know, one of the things. Uh, so I have a CPA. She's really smart. She's really good at what she does, but. You know, one thing she always tells me is, boss, you need a 401k. You need, you know, you need to have an IRA. You need to have money in retirement accounts. I'm like, no, why would I do that? I don't want to give mm-hmm. my money to, to some other institution to control. And I can't control yeah. it for maybe 40 more years or whatever the case is. I'd rather have that money and invest it actively in real estate because I could get, generate a way higher return, you know, that's just the way it is. And, and if you've already got money in retirement accounts, then using it in a better vehicle by getting it out of that you know, without paying taxes on it because yeah. you just invest it passively in other on other real estate deals. And that's but I have to say that for people who don't understand that and don't know or scared, I and you're an employee right now and you have W-2, I always say maximize uh, your contributions. Whatever is tax deductible or you have any tax, but always maximize. And yeah. that was my motto. And that what allowed me to save that money that, yeah, wasn't invested in the best way, but it at least was there. Right. right? So a lot of people just, um, they don't contribute or they contribute very little or just to contribute to match, you know, the employee employer. I was always maximizing. I was always figuring what's the highest I can put, uh, you know, aside. And I always was doing it. So that allowed me to save that money that now I was, now that I grew to the point where I understand this a little better, I can manage myself. But I wasn't not there for 18 years and people were managing it for me. Okay, they didn't do amazing job, but it was better than if I didn't save anything, right? Because you might've spent it if you had it. And I- Exactly. You know, I I was, uh, there's a guy that I know and he's he's worth uh, like 200 something million dollars. And one thing, and he started from nothing. I asked him like, well, how did you, how did you build this, you know, net worth? And he bought real estate, multifamily, you know, hotels, all that sort of Mm -hmm. stuff. And one of the things about him, he's like, well, I just kept 1031 exchanging. I would buy something, it grew in value. I would sell it, buy more properties and buy more properties and buy more and more. And I just kept 1031 exchanging. I never had access to the money. And because of that, I couldn't spend it. And so I was forced to say whether I liked it or not. And I was forced to continue growing it. And all of a sudden, many years later, he's worth 200 something million dollars, you know, we'll yeah. see. He's not like, he's not, he didn't discover something new. He's just followed yeah. the system, you know? You sometimes just need to hide money from yourself. And, yep. you know, before when I was just starting and, you know, I was just got my first job and I had issue with spending too much and credit card, we all, all know it's easy, swipe, swipe, swipe. I, my little you know, recipe to save, I would just leave all my credit cards at home and I would just have, you know, enough cash for gas wow. or whatever groceries. And I, I practiced it several times because I would get into that mode. Okay. I, I feel like I can't control myself. You know, I just go to Target or Marshall's and yep. <laughs> you, come out, you just go to look and then you come out with $200. So, you all know, right. it starts from little steps. It starts Absolutely. from little steps because it's a mindset. And it's okay to admit, okay, I have a spending problem. Right. I can't control. So, okay, now I need help. Uh, somebody needs to constrain me or I can physically just make money not available. Yep. Um, yep. But if you don't admit the problem, you can never solve it. So I like the fact that, you know, you... you t- you identify the problem and then you you work on fixing it. Yes. And we all have problems. Nobody's perfect, of right? Course. Uh, yeah, of no, course. That's, that's awesome. So 
for those people that are listening, maybe they're in real estate sales, maybe they're in other businesses who have not invested in real estate or haven't done what you've done. I mean, obviously, like I've seen agents or brokers that are way more successful than I, I am and way more successful than both of us. And yet, you know, they, it's almost like they're living paycheck to paycheck, you know, because they're spending so much money. It's insane. And, and then they start every single year at zero, every single year at zero, right? And they have nothing that they've built. So what would you say to those people that are maybe too worried about the market? They're too worried about what's happening, the economy, the president, the global, like, like every problem out there that's stopping them from investing. I, well, I would say, um, I think what have helped me, um, it's of course, first thing that I started doing, and I forgot to mention it before I changed my career, I actually met with someone who she basically like a life coach. Mm -hmm. And we, it wasn't about real estate at all. I was at the point where I already kind of had a feeling I want to do something different with my career and my life. I didn't know what. And we start working on helping me figure out what is it that I want? Where do I see myself? And the whole several months, all we did is work on mindset. And the main, main thing is, was not to react respond not to react what on what happens around you not to react on events people circumstances right. respond so there's a difference between react and respond um reacted you just triggered by something and you uncontrollably just bleh, spit right. whatever comes out respond is you internalize it and you think like does it really affect me does it bother me do i want to take it in or i can just move on so and it was during COVID that we started doing that. So there was a lot of uncertainty and a lot of uh, drama and a lot of stress. And I consciously chose not to watch the news, not to talk to people who were hyper anxious about viruses or diseases. And it was my decision. So I created to myself a world that didn't have as much COVID as, you know, when people say, but that's the reality. Well, it's every different for everyone. The reality is different. So in my reality, my reality was filled with books and uh, talks about finance, about growth, about, uh, you know, hope, about excitement. I was not listening to anything that talked about COVID, that talked about disease, that talked about economic collapse. I was just not listening to those things. Right. So it wasn't affecting me because it didn't, con it didn't exist in my world. And if I heard someone talking about it, I would just go another way or I just switch the subject. I, I didn't want that to affect me. So I, I would suggest, first of all, in it, what I tell my clients, the most important economy that you need to focus on, it's your own. Right. What is your economy right now in your household, on your bank account? And what, how you can plan your economy? Like, right. what do you have control of? Right. Focus on things that you can control. It doesn't mean that you bury your head in the sand and you ignore what's happening. You just take the facts and think about, okay, does it affect me right now, day to day? No, it doesn't. Can I do something about it? No, I can't. Can I do something about my own decisions and how I spend my day and what I choose to think and what I choose to say and people I choose to hang out with? Yeah, yeah I have total control. So right. I make those choices every single day, every single moment of my life. When I wake up and I have some anxious thought entering my brain, I'm like, <laughs> next you know, and it's it's a it's work. It's a mental work that it's not easy. It's changing your habit of thinking. 
Um, I so think I think you know what I noticed is a lot of people have a problem where they take global issues that are outside of their control, outside of their ability to change, and they internalize those issues to their own lives. Like they see what's right. happening with North Korea, they see what's happening with Russia, they see what's happening with Trump, and it's like, and, and then they start looking at that and then attaching themselves yeah. to these problems. Now all of a sudden, that one person has a hundred different problems going through their head that they need mm -hmm. to be anxious about, that they need to solve, they need to take care of. But in reality, the problems that they actually have that will yeah. matter to themselves and to their family families are maybe like one or two but they're busy yeah. on all these other things that really a lot of times we don't have control over like exactly. I, yeah we could vote but you know like honestly that's uh, not you know your life I feel and maybe to some people it will sound uh, a little bit um wrong or cruel I feel like and I've been there for majority of my life I just recently that I started to change when I became aware when there was people in my life who showed me that Focusing on external issues and making that affect you so much is a way to avoid personal responsibility. Yeah, it's the, it's the way to find excuse why I feel bad and depressed and I can't do something today in my life to make it better because I'm so worried about some external things that I have no control. Right. And, you know, taking personal responsibility is hard and we are not taught to do it. And majority of people just, you know, the, the, most people will be just talking about the news and talking about and just worrying, worrying, worrying instead of saying, okay, what can I do today? And that's hard to say, to admit that where I am today is not because of economy, not because of president, not because of my neighbor, not because of my mom. It's because of me. Right. I made a choice and I made a series of choices that brought me here. So now if I'm not happy where I am, I need to make a conscious decision to change. And that is hard. It's much easier to find someone or something to blame constantly to never take action. I love that. So I would say, look in the mirror and see what can you do today for yourself to make your tomorrow better. You know, that's maybe that's what actually helped me in real estate. And you mentioned that my first year I, I did a well, year and a half did better than most agents, uh, which I would tell you, honestly, I don't give myself as much credit as people give me because I had much bigger goals. Right. I like in my mind, I didn't get there. <laughs> right. It's, it's, you set the bar high and, and then you continue to go after after that. No. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I love I love how you built your real estate portfolio. I love how you're thinking outside of the box constantly. And 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 it's awesome what you've seen, what you've done and what you will continue to do. I mean, obviously I met you, I met your husband. You guys, you know, think the same way and you're both ambitious. Yeah. It's it's great. And he see. supports me. You know, he is more of a type that he likes to be an employee and be in a setting where he has certainty. And that that works perfectly for us because having two people that like so um adventurous and constantly want to try new things it, he's my anchor and he's like my my you know big sequoia tree he's grounded he's there and i can come back and kind of hug my tree and get grounded again and then i can go back and you know explore you're doing what you're doing no that's awesome yeah, Anna, you've been super, super helpful. Thank you for adding so much value to people. I'm, if you if you guys haven't learned at least a thing or two from this podcast, you're not listening well enough because there were so many golden nuggets. I mean, using the HELOCs, getting money out of 401ks, you know, and then just pushing yourself to invest constantly. I mean, that's awesome. I wish more people did what, what you're doing. 
Yeah, thank you. And I think the reason why, you know, I was successful in real estate as an agent, because I bring a lot to my clients, you know, I give them so much value beyond just helping them with the transaction. Yeah, because of everything, my experiences that I've done and, and my constant desire to learn and grow and then bring it to people. I always want to share. I always want to tell them, okay, this is what you can do. This is what you can do. And I genuinely, genuinely believe in the power of real estate. You I, know, love, I, I don't want to just to make a transaction to right. me way beyond that. And I had clients where I told them, don't sell. Right. It's not good for you to sell, you know, and right. I lost the transaction, but I did you the did right thing. Relationship. And yeah. People will do business in the future. You know, it's like, it is yeah. what it is. You know? Oh, I know my, you know, what meant for me, it will come. Absolutely. So. Now, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, Anna, how do they do that? Uh, well, there is, I don't know. Oh, we, we, I forgot. We people will listen to this. My number is 401, uh, 408-649-8351. Feel awesome. free to text me. You can call me. Text is better in the beginning if I'm not in the middle of something. Um, you can find my information on um, Facebook, on Google. Uh, I'm on Instagram as well. That's Anna Fine, A-N-N-A, and then Fine as an F-I-N-E. Correct. And that's a real last name. That's a real last name. <laughs> so it's a, a real last good. name. Yes, people ask me a lot about it. Yes, it's a real. It's my last name that I'm married to. So I love it. I love it. Well, Anna, thank you so much for joining us thank today. Thank you. Thank Take you care. so much, Abbas. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.